Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event for her by her presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses, employment, and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Today on the podcast, we have Andra Bolin. She is on a mission to demystify the sigmas around selling and how it's being taught. She develops and teaches entrepreneurs how to create an epic enrollment experience that leads to high conversions, whether you're looking at her sales calls or basically her sales mentality, because I think this woman has got it going on when it comes to getting your mindset right and actually the real techniques that do convert. Yeah. Andra has almost 30 years of experience in selling and sales in general. And she comes on today and we really just like throw a bunch of questions at her that I know that you guys wish you could kind of break through on your own, right? Money mentality blocks and how to get past that, how to perfect your pitch, even when you're selling one to many. What does selling or how does selling translate really to social media and Instagram captions and Facebook posts and all of that when it comes to content, right? She has a bunch of excellent reframes when it comes to the traditional thought processes about selling and the way that it makes us feel and the relationship we have with it. So she has helped me a ton in my own kind of mindset around selling and buying, even being a consumer as well. So I know that no matter where you're coming from, if you're wanting to perfect that client pitch or that webinar pitch, or really just feel better even about the stuff that you are buying and kind of taking in and digesting in this world, this episode is going to help you. So I can't wait. There's also a really good activity for you at the end that I really, really want you to do. And if you want to share with us the belief that you are going to start starving, I would love to hear from you. So DM us over on Instagram at Boss Project. So I know so many of you have this concept of what sales means to you. And for some of you, it brings up all the anxiety and the icky feelings. And it's what's holding you back from seeing massive success in your business. And if you guys want a mindset shift, then we need to be talking with Andra because she truly, in my opinion, is like the queen of sales. Like I've never seen someone so like in it and like 
Well, and I follow you on. She has it more together than me by a long shot. A hundred percent. And I follow Andra on your, I don't know if it's, it's your personal page or your business page or whatever. I follow you in a lot of places. I love the conversations that you start within Facebook and on Instagram, where you say something like kind of polarizing that really shouldn't be polarizing. Like it's just a sentence and it triggers so many people to have very intense feelings about selling. But then you provide such a beautiful like reframe on the word selling and sales and all of that stuff. So I kind of just want to unpack some of the stuff I've seen on Facebook, some of the concepts that you have for people, you know, selling higher priced items to scaling and growth. So Give us your like base philosophy on how you feel about selling in general. Yeah. Well, and even before that, I would say before you jump in, like, how did you get into selling conversations? (laughs) I feel like they need to know who you are for a little bit. Yes. Okay. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. And I'm totally stoked to have this conversation because I definitely believe it's a conversation we should be having and it and we need to be having more of them especially as women leaders and entrepreneurs yes. there's just too much testosterone in the air as it relates <laughs> to selling and we're attaching ourselves to that energy when we think about selling the first picture that we usually see is like the greasy slicked back hair used car salesman mm-hmm. or the Kirby vacuum guy banging on the door Right. And maybe I'm dating myself, but you know, Kirby vacuums are legit. And I actually interviewed for that job once. I can't even sell vacuums. Yeah. On accident. I, I love it. I didn't even know. It's it's a thing. (laughs) They were so slimy. I had no idea I was even interviewing to become a vacuum salesperson. Yeah. And here's what's crazy. Like, and this is just a, like, I'll just insert a quick reframe, right? Immediately off the jump. It's like, like we naturally associate it to that. And I think, dude, you guys are rad. I'm going to tell you why. Because You're who else do you know yeah. that wakes up every morning and shows up to hear no more than yes and still keeps going? Talk about grit. Yep. You know? Yep. For sure. Oh, yeah. Outside of moms of toddlers. Exactly. Yep. And so, you know, th- that there's the quick reframe. It's like, we can look at them and think, ew, or we can look at them and say, wow, where can I deploy more grit and tenacity and chutzpah in my business? Where can I be a little bit more resilient yeah. instead of hiding under a rock? When I get a little no, I start thinking that it's personal and that I suck. And yet these types of businesses that were happening back then, mm-hmm. they showed up every day. They took care of families. You know? Yeah. I love door-to-door salespeople. They're rad. My grandpa was a door-to-door salesman for years and yeah. I, they have way more guts than I do. <laughs> I, I got like jitters trying to sell trash bags to my neighbors as a child. And I think you know, when, I, when you ask the question, like, where did you come from? What's your story around selling? I will tell you this. I bet, and we'll talk more about this, like all of us actually have what I call your inner sales tuition. We've actually been selling all of our lives. I actually found a letter in one of my parents' uh, cedar chests where I must have gotten in trouble and I had this long sales letter. I was like, trying to work my way out of being grounded. Yep. I deployed empathy. I came up with a solution on what I could do instead. <laughs> so we've all been selling. It's actually, to, as um, I can't remember the author, but there's a book out there that's called To Sell is Human. And it is human. Mm -hmm. So I actually started out 
selling and actually being naturally curious about people and stories and things. Mm -hmm. As far back as I can remember, I mean, my nickname with my family is Ani Roosers, which is like short for kangaroo, Mm -hmm. because I was always hopping around and all up in the business. That's not surprising to anyone who knows. Uh -uh. And I'll show you guys, the, the listeners, how you can actually use your own innate natural curiosity to to win more clients in a very easy and organic way. But my first sales job, I went to like a broiler room sales job. It actually ended up getting shut down when I was 16. And so I started selling. And for me, because I did have some personal issues, I had really tough teenage years. I'm adopted. There's a whole nother story around that, but I struggled with attachment and connection. And I go into this sales job and, oh my God, I finally connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, this oh my, my God, thing. like yeah. how come I can see and feel and touch and feel so deeply connected to someone so quickly and we didn't have video. So I'm just like talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. So that actually, from there, I just continued to grow and evolve in sales and found better sales positions where they actually taught us the true nature of uh, transformative conversations. And I've been in sales for 29 years in some capacity, whether, you know, I stopped being on the phones in my early 20s and started leading and teaching people how to sell and then leading teams and then leading centers, call centers of 800 plus people and leading big telecom clients like Vonage and AT&T. So I've been in the game, you know. You kind of know a thing or 12. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know a thing or two. And so um, when I came into this space, it was really curious to me that I come from a world where selling's rad and everybody loves selling. And then I come into this world and it just seems really, um, people are very uncomfortable with it and it broke my heart. Yeah. Because I'm guys, this is how you make money. I know. Well, the thing that I love of why you're taking up this space, why you're talking about it so much and in, in such a great way as a business owner who also sells things to make money, I know that some of our customers and our students are seeing what you're saying and they are having to change their mindset around buying stuff and being sold stuff. There seems to be this trend and I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I don't have the capacity to kind of explain it or educate. So I'm really happy that you're here, but There's a trend lately, and I'm sure you've seen it happen and then go away and then happen again and then go away. But I feel like right now there's a lot of people who are like, I don't like being sold to. Don't don't sell me anything. And I'm very anti being sold to. Just have a conversation with me and just do this, that, or the other. Like that also isn't selling. But I saw a thread on your Facebook the other day that was about pitch-free webinars and the whole mentality around why are we marketing pitch-free webinars? What is literally the point? Um, And trying to reframe people's mindset around that. So can you talk about that for a second? Yes, I would love to because, ooh, child, I was like, that opened up a thing. I was like, wait, so literally just for the listeners, you've got to like, let me break it down for you. So I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm like, whoa, I'm like, seen, I saw four posts, not in a row, but four posts in my scroll where it was like, I want to connect, no selling, or I want to do this, no selling. I understand. So this is what's happening. This is why they're doing it. They're doing it because they want to inspire people to come into a conversation and not feel like there's another alternative. Yep. 
But the truth is, is that by the very definition, by you saying no selling, you're literally training your audience to think that selling is bad. Yep. And so what I tell people is like, look, this whole country and other countries is built on commerce. It's buying and selling. And we love to buy. Now, nobody wants to be manipulated. Nobody wants to feel like they're being pressured to purchase something that's not going to tremendously help them or be of value to them. But that's not actually what selling is. That's called manipulation. Mm -hmm. That's not what this is. And so we need to like disband the two Mm -hmm. because the only way that you're going to be manipulative in a sales conversation is if you're a naturally manipulative, horrible human being. Mm -hmm. If you're lying. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, if that's who you are as a human, then yes. Mm -hmm. probably will um, show up that way in not just sales conversations, but other facets. Yeah, I've heard that money only amplifies who you already are. So Uh, like, if you are kind of a gross person, it's probably just going to come out gross on the other end. But if you have, if you come from a place of genuine desire to help and impact, then that's going to read and translate. Now, I do think there are emotions that even if that is who you are, Mm -hmm. if you are also nervous, anxious, and have your own kind of predispositions around money and or selling, that those can kind of overshadow your other kind of Like, you mean when I offer discounts to my clients on the phone before they even like complained about the price? Is that like kind of stuff like that? Yeah. Or or if you just won't even show up for yourself, right? Like if you, if I have, so inside of my mentorship, there's people that are, you'd be surprised if you knew who they were. You'd be like, whoa, I thought they were amazing salespeople. But they have really deep, deep, deep struggles with asserting themselves into the ask. And that has nothing to do with selling. That has to do with their um, how they were raised. Yeah. And so this is why I love selling. Selling has the opportunity to become a beautiful mirror for you to, t- to reflect back and to resolve some of these insecurities, right? It's like... I always tell people objections are not are created by you and for you. They're here to teach you something about yourself. If you keep getting the same objection, that's an invitation to turn inward and start to look at what is that about? Why do I continue to get an objection when I bring up the money? Well, let me kind of look at my money story. What's my relationship with money like? How do I feel about money? And you start to notice and you can start you know, unraveling or peeling the onion back to some of your own vulnerabilities and opportunities. So you get to work on those and, re, you know, respond, release and remove so that you can step into not just selling, but any other aspect of your life where it's showing up more powerfully. That's why I love selling. It's such a vulnerable, sensitive, beautiful, beautiful <laughs> Well, and thing. as soon as you like get better at it even a little bit and get like a tiny win, I feel like that explodes your confidence, not just in your business. Like, great, you sold this thing, you made this deal, you landed that client, you did whatever you need to do. That's going to help you with money in your business. It's going to help you grow. It's going to help you land other clients. But truly, like as soon as I figured out how I sell really well and then did more of that and learned how to perfect that, the confidence and just different person I am literally today after being in business for five, six years than I was obviously on day one, it stems from a lot of 
my history was selling to clients and students. And, and I love that. Well, and I love what you bring up because what I'm hearing is two pieces. So one, you needed to make sure that you felt right before you could feel good about selling. Yep. So this is yep. what I explain to people. A lot of our friends in business are waiting for it to feel good. And I tell people, don't wait for it to feel good. Right should be your leader. Yeah. Feeling right. And sometimes feeling right feels really awkward and uncomfortable. Yep. Done there when we've had to break up. And you can get really far with it just feeling oh, right. Because yeah. I'm still not to the place where it feels good ninety-eight percent of the right, time. Right. Like most of the time I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've gotten pretty far. And I know personally, like, cause I, I wanted to say, I am not immune to this. Right. Like when you get to a certain level in business, it doesn't just go poof. Now you're an expert. Like I might be an expert in some other areas of my business, but selling has never been my thing. And so how do we get right with it? Yep. And how do we eventually move to it feeling good and yeah. feeling comfortable and flowing? Mm-hmm. So let me start with the good part. Yeah. What I, when selling should feel good is when it actually has nothing to do with you. Mm, yeah. It's about who you're serving. Yeah. yeah. So it's just really effing good to know that you just got to witness someone's transformation. You got first row VIP seating to someone saying yes to themselves. Like, can we just take a real pause on that for a minute? Yeah. yeah. That's what people are doing. Yeah. This is not about you, boo. Mm-hmm. Selling is not about you. Mm-hmm. Selling is about them. Yeah. And it's about making sure your business can help them. And so when it starts to feel good is when you really understand the dis- the disconnect between you as a human and your own stuff and the business as its own persona. Yeah. Yes. Yep. The business just went out and did some real good. Yeah. You know? So how do we get to that place? How do we start doing it feeling right? The first step is you have to be willing to do it brave. You have to be willing to, as my first supervisor told me, don't be afraid to be hung up on. (laughs) Yeah. And what he was really telling me was go all out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because what you're doing is you're building your confidence and your ability to deliver information about your business and your services. And you better have your businesses back. Because one thing, and I'm about to go... I'm about to go like on a box here. The one thing I am so passionate about because I'm all about like the underdogs and kids that don't have voices. Well, guess what? Your business doesn't have a voice unless you speak for it. And so if you're not going to speak for your business, you know what? Then you shouldn't be in business. And I know that's some hard tea right there. But (laughs) what I want you guys, the listeners, I want you to take that and I want you to feel it, but allow it to build some, you know, some staffing because I know you love your business. Mm -hmm. I know you have your businesses back. And so when you first start into these sales conversations, lead with that thought that I'm here to have my businesses, my business is back. And I'm here to see if my business can actually help this person. And the only way that I'm going to know that is to investigate. So this is where we bring into our natural curiosity that we innately have within us, even as children. Remember as kids, we were always like, why, but why, but why, but why? Yeah, my kid is in that stage right now and it's driving me crazy. 
crazy. Correct. So you're like, if you ask me one more thing, mm-hmm. but we know that we need to allow our kids to explore that because they're, they're following their innate curiosity. Yep. So what if selling was simply you following your innate curiosity to explore, to discover, to discern where someone's at? Where do they really want to go? Why do they want to go there? And can I help them? Mm-hmm. What if we went approached it from that? So it's not about you. It's just investigating. It's like you're interviewing. So that's what I would say. Step number one, start using, like leading with your curiosity. Because when you do that, then you're not stressed about, oh my God, am I saying this right? Am I asking the right question? Just lead with that. Just be curious. A lot of our students should be familiar with this too, where we, we talk to our, our, I almost said our kids, but you guys are kind of like our kids, uh, a lot about when you're having discovery calls or when you're sitting at a coffee date with someone or whatever it may be, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about you trying to get as much information from these people to literally be a human that can find a connection. If there is one, there isn't always one, but is there one where you can show up and serve and you're not going to know the best way to show your potential client that connection until you ask questions about them. Exactly. So how do you translate that? Because I found... I know this sounds crazy considering that for the last three and a half years, I've sold primarily without talking to individual people. Mm -hmm. I sell much, much better at a much higher conversion when I have an individual conversation. Mm -hmm. But the moment you take the face away and I don't actually get to hear your response, like I don't perform as well. So how do you take that without having their immediate feedback? Like how does that translate to a sales page or to having a a conversation on a webinar pitch? Yeah. Like how does that translate when you're posting on social media and you're trying to sell something? Because I feel like Mm. maybe people get it when they're talking to a human, but the moment that interaction is removed, they're just like, spitting information and facts at people that's not actually helping this sale. Yeah. And and so I think that we need to be really intentional. So if we're talking about like what we're really talking about is seeding sales when we're using posts and content and things like that. And to me, that's where we need to be really conscious about the type of content that we're putting out there, that we're not just putting stuff out to throw up on people or because we think we're supposed to be heard. I mean, I don't really post that much because I won't post unless I have something conscious that I, that I want to share. But what we can start thinking about is asking ourselves these questions. And one of the questions that, that I ask myself before I post is, what is the outcome that I want to get from this? How do I want them to feel? Yeah. What do I want them to believe as a result of this content? What do I need them to know? Where am I stirring desire or demand? So in other words, I want you to kind of tap into outcomes first, because it's not always about an initial like, so what I think happens is that people will put a post out and then they're expecting like instant sales. And and one of the ways that we need to activate our audience is we need to be willing to go on the long ride with them and build connections and build, um, give them an opportunity to see us in action because this is how we start to bring the right leads into our webinars. 
into our, you know, email lists, you know, like we need to bring the right people in and we can't do that if we're not being conscious about one, being really effing clear on who you serve and who you do not. Like this is, we are not here for everybody. We're here for those that we can touch and make a really meaningful difference in their lives. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So when I look at content across the board, I see it's real bland and it just seems like regurgitation of something that somebody else saw. And it's like, make it, make it meaningful, I think is the right word that I'm looking for. You don't have to be a wordsmith. You don't have to be the best epic, like a PhD in writing, but you do need to have a PhD and personally connecting and like being committed to putting out conscious content that converts. And the only type of content that converts is when it's real, when it's polarizing, when it's clear and when it's consciously driven. Yeah. This and this just reiterates that you have to be focused on the one person. Like if you were to have this conversation with one person, what would you say to that one person? Even if it doesn't apply to the other 99, if you talk to the one person, it's going to hit them square over the head. And then you can have those private conversations. I think what maybe is a misconception when you start selling one to many is that your mass message always works. Like the webinar is what converts or the emails are what converts, but it might have been that they DM'd you on Instagram because of this one thing. And you actually had a solid conversation with them. And now that you're selling over here, they're like, I already trust them because I actually know who this person is. And Every I think connected. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to bring in, you know, if you want to bring in better quality, um, you know, attendees into your webinars, then don't wait until it's time for the webinar opt-in to do that. People should already have a sense of who you are, what yeah. you stand for, what you believe in, how your business genuinely helps people. This is when it's like, don't be afraid to brag about it, right? can back it up, you can brag about it, right? And so we start doing this stuff now. And that's why, you know, the old school of ABCs, which is always be closing, for me, it's always be connecting because that's what we need to be doing. And and the culture, society is is telling us how we need to show up. It's telling us how, what mediums people are connecting with us on, what they're looking for. I can tell you what gets people tripped up because it's the same thing that trips me up Give me a, a phone or a person to talk to. And I'm like, lottie dotty. I'm so excited and so comfortable. But, you know, content is not my my favorite thing to do either. So I have to, like, everything that I'm telling you guys, I'm saying it's boomeranging back to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's tough sometimes. But I think that um, something that I got out of Amy Porterfields, she came to uh, Stu McLaren's Tribe event. And one of the things that she said that I just thought was so genius was she was talking about like, we need to always be, you know, we should be launching before we launch, right? And she talked about content specifically. And she's like, you don't actually have to come up with new content. If you look at what your product is, you can start referring back, taking those lessons that you're teaching what people pay you for and start taking that, taking stripping from that, excavating from that and sharing it out there without worrying that they won't buy from you because they will. And you start taking that and looking at your existing, 
your existing product and start pulling those lessons out and then also start helping people out there where most people are stuck inside your program. And it was really genius. And that takes a lot of heat off of this idea that we have to be like these constant content, fresh new content creators. Right. Feeling like you have to reinvent the wheel every time when you're like saying what we already have. You already have it. Yeah. And I yeah. Well, and just reiterate in new and interesting ways or having a conversation about it or having a conversation with a third party about a view you already have. I think so often people are like, how have you created almost 400 episodes of this podcast? Like, yeah, I will tell you what, there are some reoccurring themes oh, yeah. that happen and you guys love a new fresh perspective and you love when we have on new people, but ultimately we're reiterating the same concepts again and again and again. And sure, our experiences over time will give us a new perspective on something maybe we taught two years ago, but the principles are the same because business is pretty, business hasn't changed a whole lot in the last change. Nothing's new under the sun. It's just the medium in which you're connecting that's changed. And I think that's what gets people all like up in arms about it. And don't get caught up in the prolific writer, clever, cutesy, catchy titlers and content creators, because that will keep you stuck. Just come in and be yourself. The thing that I will say that's missing, kind of bringing it back to the, the point of sales is like, what I'm noticing is that people don't ask for what they want. So you have to be willing to ask for what you want. So let's go back to those four posts that I saw. They were asking what they wanted, but they totally stripped away the opportunity of actually genuinely helping someone. So let's just paint the picture. Let's say I was someone that came in that post of, hey, I want to connect with you. I want to chat with you about this. Like if I were to say, I want to connect and chat with you about selling and where you're at. But then I told you, I'm not going to sell you anything. I just I basically just told you I refuse to help you if I see an organic opportunity to do so. So what you need to be doing is when you're asking to connect and you're asking for the opportunity, be genuine about it. And you don't have to sell, but if organically and talking to them, you're like, ooh, I can actually help you with that. That's awesome. Like, I want to share with you how that could work. Like, I just came from a place of wonder versus pressure. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, right? So Think about this. When Now let's go back to when people are selling on one-on-one calls or in a webinar. See, they're really we are good at leading with our curiosity, asking questions, teaching, giving value. That's our jam, baby. But when we have to transition into the recommendation. The transition. It's like, pop the break. Yeah. So one of my good friends, Tracy Goodwin, I'm like name dropping all over the place today. Do it. He's a voice coach, a celebrity voice coach. And I had her come into the mentorship because we've done some co-trainings together because voice and selling are everything. Mm-hmm. It's like the best, right? I and, like nerd out about that. That's oh, funny. it's so cool because yeah. you know, I was learned way back in the day about inflection matters and the power of pausing and when to put emphasis on certain words and when to like soften it up a bit and how to slow it down. You soft? I'm not even sure Ooh, that's possible. Girl, I am soft as can be. Mm. <laughs> those of you, I wish you guys could see what I just did, but it was kind of like a flight. You know what? You know, when you're soft, I feel like you're that classic, like, 
radio hosts from like they would be on like late night driving and they would be like talking about their date life like just went on this Sexy, raspy voice. Anyway. Anyway. Another story for another day. I don't know if your audience is ready for one of my other jobs that has to do with (laughs) (laughs) conversation. Um, Okay. So Tracy was in talking about voice coaching. So this is an, so she was talking about um, characters and sound. And one of the things that she shared with my group was, if you're struggling with the transition, you can actually just act like act surprised, like, ooh, like, so put on your actor hat for a minute. So for those of you that are listening, you're like, okay, great, Andra, this is all good. I'm like, always follow my curiosity. I ask amazing questions. I totally know that I can help them. How do I move into that without it being awkward? Here's your first example. You could go, oh my gosh, only. I totally can help you with this. Okay. So I literally just did this and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And so you calling out, I'm cracking up right now. So we're having private conversations um, with a couple of our alumni because we have a really cool like one-on-one opportunity that we're just inviting like a couple of people who we think are really, really right for it. And so I'm like, didn't want to come out, just be like, hey, go buy this thing. So I'm genuinely like asking about someone's business. How is this going? Is this working? What do you need help with? Blah, blah, blah. She's sharing great information. And I literally go, oh, and I forgot, but et cetera, et cetera. Here's this cool thing that we're offering now. And it it's just really funny now that that's an actual technique. <laughs> it's, it's easy. It's an easy thing for people to do. It's like, I, I call it surprise and delight. Like, oh my gosh, I actually can help you with this. Or you could come with a, um, almost like, I don't know what the right term would be. Maybe we can come up with it here on the fly. But it's almost like you're still in that place of like, ooh, I think I, I think can. That, yeah. 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 So it's almost like. Like mm, testing the waters a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you could also say, oh, I think, here we go. I, I actually think I can help you with this. Do you want me to tell you how? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we've done some of yeah. that version yeah. on a webinar of like legitimately like, do you want to hear about this to get people's like committed yeses going yeah. into it, mm-hmm. um, which has helped. Well, but sometimes I feel like it's a little forced. So like, how can you come at it from a place of like, because they know we prepped these slides before, like this isn't, we're not typing a PowerPoint as we're yeah, so like, I mean, doing this. So to me, surprise and delight is like, is organic. Because when you come into the call, you have an idea that you can help them. Yeah. But you're not really sure if you want to or can. Like there's two things that we're learning. We're not just discerning if we can yeah. help them. We need to flip that script too. Like, we are not auditioning. They are auditioning for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so we are really genuinely discerning, A, can I help you? And B, do I want to? Right. Do I want to vibe my vibe? Yeah. Do I want to like get a relationship with you? Yeah. And so to me, like surprise and delight is, ooh, you know what? I actually can help you with this and I'd love to. Let me tell you how that so for me, organically, yeah. when I know like I can help someone, I'm like, oh my gosh, I absolutely can help you. And we'd love to. Let me tell you how this would work. And I don't ask for permission. I just go right in. Yeah. So what if what if all of that feels right, but then when it gets down to the the money stuff, like the actually mentioning how much it costs or the actually saying, and here's how you go buy the thing. Mm -hmm. How can we come from a place that allows us to get past some of the past? Because I feel like for the majority of the people listening, myself included, 
mindset around money was ingrained in us as a child. Mm -hmm. And we're still having those childlike beliefs of lack of abundance of there, there isn't enough and that I can never be like these other people. And that holds us back from being the kind of person we want to be or the people we desire to show up as. So Mm -hmm. if you're setting this, like the stage for it to go well, Mm -hmm. like, you can really screw it up in the last minute and a half. So like, how do you really channel that for the the ask? Yeah. So this is really good because I would love to be able to say like you can. So there's a couple of things that I want to say about that. Um, The first thing to answer that question directly is this is where you need to like act as if you don't have that. Mm. You need to act and it needs to feel it's going to feel awkward but it's the only way because here's the other part to this when you are in awareness that this is a that you have this story and it's holding you back mm-hmm. then you are also equally empowered to decide to live out a different story right so this is where this is where i kind of come in like a little bit firm it's like you're saying it as if it owns you and you actually own it So the question becomes, how long do you want to have that story? Mm. If you, I know it's like now, so that's the first question. It's a, and it's a fair question. It's not an antagonistic question. It's a genuine question for us to ask ourselves is how long do I want to have this story? I know what the story is. So see, you come to an awareness, you're not flying behind. And when you come into an awareness about something, Mm -hmm. Then it becomes decision time. And now here's where most people get stuck. They are deciding that they don't want this icky, yicky, yucky, yucky feeling about money anymore. So how do they change that? And I can only speak from my own experience, how I busted through my own beliefs and also studying other um, experts like Byron Katie, who's got phenomenal teachings around how to like really start shifting thoughts and beliefs on like the instant. But one of the things that I have deployed in my own life and kind of coached myself around is like, if I have a belief like, Ooh, I've always had a bad relationship with money and it's showing up here. It's like, I, it's fine to trace it back to the story But now what do I want? But then I'm going to look for evidence outside of my own reality or it's not true. So is there evidence anywhere else outside of my reality that I have to work hard for my money? Mm. And I will look for it outside of myself because I can't look for evidence inside because you got to remember all I've been doing through my actions is reinforcing and feeding that food. Right. So all my experience will show that it is absolutely true that you have to work hard to make money. But now I have to go outside of my own reality. This is where we go with our curiosity again and become investigators, my favorite. And we start looking outside like, can I find genuine, not fluffy, fake, like I want to believe in this so bad fake mantra type stuff. Can I find genuine concrete evidence that there are people that don't actually work hard Mm-hmm. for their money. So now I have a question. So say you find evidence like mm-hmm. I, cuz I know where my evidence comes from. But you then start questioning if you are capable of becoming that person, being that person um or if they just have different circumstances like almost that imposter syndrome crap 
Yeah. Well, you're also negotiating the evidence because you got to remember. Yeah. I want you to think of like you've got two two trees. Okay. One has been starved. You haven't fed it at all, so there's nothing there except branches and a little bit of root. And the other one is thriving. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's natural for you to negotiate with this idea is because this is strong. Your limiting beliefs are strong AF. Mm -hmm. And so that's your limiting belief that's trying to negotiate with this idea because you're trying to rid yourself of it. And it's like, I don't want you to break up with me, boo. Like, I want you to, this is safe. This is comfortable. As long as I have this belief, as long as you keep me around, you don't have to do anything scary. See, everything that you just shared with me was all future focused and none of it is real. What if I can't be that person? What if none of it was real? The only way to know is to try it on. So imagine us ladies, we've all gone shopping before and we go into the dressing room and we try something new on. We're trying this new thing on. Maybe it's a new color that you've never worn before. And while it's really uncomfortable, you're kind of like, hmm. This kind of fun. I could get into this. I mean, I just want to wear black. And now I'm like, I need that blue. I need my yellow. But the first time I wore blue, I was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) And now it's my brand. So the point is, is that you have to be willing to try it on. And you have to try on a new belief. You need to ask yourself, how would, and this is where we get to act. All of us, see a lot of this stuff, is all like giving our inner child permission to come out and play. Mm -hmm. Kids love playing, pretending, acting, tea parties. You know, even in high school, I was doing tea parties in the pool in the water, you know, like do weird stuff. And so it's like, we have to be willing to do that. So once you find evidence and trust me, you will find evidence outside of your reality that you will, and we're not asking if it's if it can, if you can be that person. We're saying, is it possible that it doesn't actually have to be hard to make money? And we start looking at it, right? And so we start to imagine. Next step is, well, what? Okay, let's say, okay, so it's not absolutely true. So what do I what do I wish was true? I wish it was true that I could make money and. I'm happy to work diligently and focused, but I don't want to work 20 million hours a week, a day to do that. Right. So what would that look like? So now you ask that, that intuitive question is like, huh, out of curiosity, I wonder what somebody who did believe that, how would they show up? Who would, who would they hang out with? What would they wear? How would they, yeah. What type of actions would they take? And then I want you to kind of build this character of this person. And then all I'm asking you to do is try it on. The only way to rid yourself of an old belief is to starve it and feed something new. So you have to be willing. It's not going to feel good. It's going to feel really uncomfortable. And you are at war internally with old belief that (laughs) that tree is coming for you (laughs) and you must starve it. You have to cut it off. And, and that's the only way that I know personally that I've been able to resolve beliefs that are just no longer serving me. Yeah. Well, I think, A, that was super actionable. I think this entire episode has been really actionable. So instead of wrapping up with some action steps, because I want people to seriously do that exercise, there was a piece of 
uh, your presentation that you did at our recent summit that I really, really resonated with. And I, I, it kind of struck a chord with me. And so I think it will our listeners. And so I'd love for you to kind of chat about it just very briefly. But you shared for a second how you had to how you had to shift your own thinking about selling and money and all of these things and how you firmly believe right now today that selling is serving and it's, it's how you show up for people. So can you just leave us with some words of wisdom around that idea? Yeah. And I'll take it even deeper. Selling is love. Yes. That's what it was. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, Because I want you to imagine how empowered and excited you felt when you've A, made a responsible financial decision for yourself, B, taken action on that decision and it's actually genuinely helped and made a difference in your life. Loving yourself enough to solving a problem that's been plaguing you. Loving yourself enough to take action on what you really want in your life and in your world is a high expression of love and self-care. And so when I'm selling to you, that is my only mission is to support you in getting what you need and what you, on it. I'm, I'm here to really support you in acting on a decision you already made. You already decided before we got into a conversation that these were your problems and that this is what you wanted. So there's a gap. If my service or my product can actually be the bridge to that gap, All I'm inviting you to do is to take action and take the walk on, step onto the bridge and cross to the other side. And that's all selling is, is influencing and impacting and inviting you to step into something you've already said yes to. And really where selling comes in, and this is where it's love, because we don't quit on people we love when we see the potential. That's where selling really comes in is when I see you saying yes, you want to walk, get on the bridge and you're afraid because you don't understand that you're carrying both fear and faith as you cross that bridge. And I'm here to get you on the bridge. And because I love you and I care for you, I will not let you go until we get on that bridge together. Yeah. I love that. I love it so much. It makes me feel so I'm going to like replay this pep talk before like every webinar ever. Yeah. <laughs> I really like it. Andrea, thank you so much for that. Um, I would love for you to share with our listeners where they can hear more from you, learn more about what you're putting out into the world. Yes, yes, yes. I actually um, just connect with me on the IG at Andra Bolin, double A. N-D-R-A-B-O-H-L-E-N. And then in your show notes, I'll have a link for them to catch a freebie, um, but it's andrabolin.com slash playbook. Um, And yeah, just hang with me. I'd love to connect and, um, you know, answer any questions that people have around this because this is my jam and I'm super passionate about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Guys, thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op our creative template shop membership with thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.